everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. For the second half of the show, I'm joined by Xinyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, we take behind-the-scenes look at the close-to-expire-date food industry. This is where surplus meets savings, and nearly expired becomes your next snack. Is this a budget-friendly buffet for foodies or a scheme businesses use to deal with the ticking expiry clock? From a seller's hustle to your kitchen, we're talking about the money, the ethics, and everything in between. And from the humidifier pneumonia scare to the age-old remedy of pear water cures all coughs, we've got the lowdown on what's fact and what's fiction in the world of respiratory health. Get ready for a breath of fresh, myth-busting air on Roundtable. Now. From discounted milk cartons to nearly expired biscuits, foods nearing their expiry date are finding a new lease of life on the shelves. Many consumers now have a taste for the thrill of the last-minute deal, seeing value in items on the brink of expiry. But how close is simply too close? To start with, I'd like to ask: How do you define close to expire food, and what are some examples of certain close to expire food that you will or will not buy? And I'll direct this to Josh. Have you ever bought any close to expire date food? Yes, I have.、Um, and actually, when I was a student, I, I think that this this terminology is quite interesting, and it is worth. Was discussing because, of course, there is some food that you can purchase. But also, when I think of this term, what I also think about is food that cannot be purchased but can still be eaten.、Mm. So even when we were students, there were certain groups of students at my university when I was studying in the UK that would even look in the bins, in the trash cans. <laughs> That's of a little too extreme for my taste. <laughs> sure, but the food hadn't expired yet. You know. Um, but there were websites and things like this that、uh, you could buy food from, which were about to expire.、Um, there were even sites that were selling food that had expired, and it depends actually on the specific produce that it is. Of course, some foods spoil much easier than others, and also there are certain foods that, when they spoil, they are more dangerous than other foods that. Might just lose their flavor or something like this. You know, it depends on the contents.、Um, yeah, I, I can I can tell that you're already not a fan of this, or maybe not as much as I was. But 
yeah, so that's my understanding of this term. Well, on the contrary, I love close to expire food. <laughs> Actually, I've purchased different kinds. Just not from the bin. <laughs> no, not from the bin though. Bin is a bit too far for me. But uh, I have bought different types of close to expire date food.、Mm. Some are from、uh, the convenience stores.、Mm. I think they would give you a certain discount depending on how close. Well, close to expire date food are close to the expire date, and <laughs> I mean the expire time. Because, for example, after eight o'clock, maybe you can get the freshly made bakery and also some other、uh, deli in certain kind of supermarkets or、mm. convenience stores. Those are the kind of discount I like to enjoy. And also, I've purchased certain kind of close to expire date food online. Those are mostly snacks, chocolates, biscuits. Uh, chips. I have bought a lot of close to expire date food. How about you, Xingyu? Um, for me, I haven't intentionally bought any close to expire food in the supermarkets or online. But I I can really get that why people they like such kind of food because、uh, vendors they often sell these、uh, foods at lower prices to quickly reduce the stock. So it comes at a Cheaper price, so I think、mm, that's one of the reasons. And according to my research, there's an、um, industry report released in 2020, which said that in China, young people and middle-aged consumers they were the main buyers in the near-expiration food market. And among them, consumers aged 26 to 35, they accounted for nearly half of the the consumers. So I think it's quite popular among young people nowadays. Let's first define close to expire date food because we do not want them to expire. But how close is close? Is there any kind of regulations or industrial standards when it comes to close to expire food? Okay, so now currently、uh, there's no unified national standard in China to define near expiration food.、Um, different parts of the country, such as Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou,、uh, th- these cities have slightly different regulations on the near expiration period.、Uh, for instance, Beijing. According to the Beijing Municipal Administration for Industry and Commerce, I'll just list a few examples for food with a shelf life of over one year. So, forty-five days before the expiration date would be considered near expiration,、mm-hmm. and for food with a shelf life of over six months but less than a year, then twenty days before the expiration date would be considered close to expiration. So it depends on their shelf life, and these kind of products they are、uh, advised to put in a designated area to show customers that it's about to expire, but they haven't expired, so they are still safe to consume. But then、um, they are placed here for consumers to purchase at a lower price.、Mm, and some of the close to expire date food are also labeled in different、yes. places, so that you would know. And here, the reason we're talking about it is because. Even though close to expire date food, a designated shop or a certain kind of supermarket selling only close to expire date food is、mm. not something that new here in China. We have those kind of、uh, merchants or shops already. But nowadays, with the 
rapid development of live streaming, selling different products. Actually, there are certain live streamers、mm-hmm. that would sell only close to expire date food, and their business is actually booming. But I was wondering, what's the situation in the UK? Do you have a lot of online or offline platforms designated to sell close to expire date food? Yeah, well, companies in the UK have for quite a long time now recognised the potential market. For near expired food,、um, one example I can give you is a company called Too Good to Go,、oh. um, and this is a UK-based app. So this is online, and it connects consumers with local restaurants, cafes, and supermarkets to purchase surplus. So that's near expired, or maybe not even near expired, but unsold food or food that this place doesn't think that it's going to be able to sell.、Um, and you know, again, it depends on the produce. Very different places have different types of produce. Things like bakeries, for example, bakeries work on a lot of the time. They have to sell their produce on the day, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's not sold by the end of the day, then customers can use an app like this one, connect with the bakery, and pick it up. Actually, as of February 2021, Too Good to Go had over four million registered users in the UK.、Uh, there's another one in the UK called Olio, and this is another app. Um, and it allows individuals and businesses to again share surplus food with their local communities. A lot of the apps that I found in the UK、uh, are based sort of locally, which I think is quite nice actually, because it seems not only are people just buying expired food, but it means that people are getting more involved in their community and the、mm-hmm. sharing of this produce. So it seems really nice actually, and I I would like to get involved with it myself.、Mm. I have purchased my fair share of close to expire date bakery、mm-hmm. or local food from restaurants as well, but mainly or recently, the things I've been purchasing online are some snacks, close to expire snacks. For example, I've just bought a bunch of chocolate with around six months of shelf time,、mm-hmm. um, and I think it's fifty percent off, which in my opinion is really good deal, and. I feel like with all these different online platforms, I'm exposed to these new information about certain great deals out there. <laughs>、no. Because previously, I am actually okay with buying close to expire date food with a good discount.、Mm-hmm. The thing is, I didn't know where to find them.、Ah. So this new window for information, this new window to this new world, actually helped me <laughs> buying these kind of products. I, I can see that it opened a whole new world for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good deal. So,、yeah. uh, what are some other reasons behind these kind of phenomenon or behavior of young people?、Mm, I think it's convenience, especially compared with offline stores. I mean, you can know instantly what's there and what's on offer without bothering yourself to visit、um, an actual store. So the reasons why online shopping is better than offline shopping <laughs> for some people, <laughs> the same reason. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't actually tried, but、um, I think for me is because I don't know what channels or what live stream hosts they sell. I re- I'll recommend some to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely I'll go check some of them. Later after the show, yeah.、Mm-hmm. When I was reading、uh, certain reports about people buying online or offline close to expire date food,、uh, there is one reason that pops up. Some people say, "I do not want the food to go waste.、Mm. I I think they're completely fine, and I'd like to purchase them, and I don't want them to go waste." Do you think it's a major factor, Josh? I, I think that that is a big factor.、Uh, the factor of not wanting to have waste. I think that the environmental 
uh, impact or people's growing concerns for the environment, I should say, um, you know, more of a desire to combat food waste is directly linked to this. I think that cost effectiveness is still probably the most important factor sure. uh, for me. I know that most people that I knew and that I still know today that were using these services were trying to save money, but a big part of it is combating food waste. You know, of course, by purchasing near expired food, consumers can feel good about their purchases. And I we, we know that purchasing can often be aligned with guilt, you know, spending stuff and feeling guilty about it afterwards. So it's a massive appeal with these products that you can buy uh, in good conscience, uh, all of these products. Yeah, and also in China, actually, we have an online community called uh, I Love Near Expired Food. And actually, there are over 100,000 members in this community. And uh, unlike this traditional thinking of, uh, you know, buying such goods can be negative to some extent, I think nowadays these young people, they regard it as a, a sustainable consumption to curb food waste. Mm. And one other reason I thought of when I was actually not doing the research for this, but actually purchasing expired or <laughs> near expired food is that I realize how convenient and fast the shipping services nowadays is, mm. is that previously, if you are purchasing close to expire food or snack, if the snack is chocolate, definitely it's fine. If it's fruit, eh, a little bit iffy, but you can still try. But if it's the kind of food that is, for example, milk. ice cream or mm. milk or seafood mm. or certain kind of salami, then you really need the shipping service to be up to standard. It has to be a cold chain kind of shipping service, it has to mm -hmm. be fast. So the food that is already close to expire date do not spend too much time on their way to you. And with this new shipping service being upgraded here in China, I think buying close to expire date food started to become much a better choice, in my opinion. So, Josh, if you were giving tips to a friend, let's say the friend is Xingyu, um, <laughs> buying close to expire food, what would be your golden rule? What are some things that you need to, you know, pay attention so that you do not get a bag of chips that is already, you know, gone bad and not good for your fun afternoon tea time? Can I say, try to use common sense? I mean, I, I really... <laughs> Really, Thank you. I really do believe that <laughs> societies all over the world, we have been tricked into believing that food is bad when it isn't. And often food is good when it isn't, uh, similarly. And I think that it's really important to educate yourself about certain food produce, about expiry dates, and look at some of the various laws and regulations and, and what's available in the country that you're in or even in the city or community that you're in and then just learning about it and trying to use your common sense i mean there is some risk i think that we do have to be careful um you know that there, there needs to be stringent quality control measures and um we need to pay attention to what's going on you know look if there's any epidemics or anything like this happening but otherwise i think just try and use your common sense and if it's close to the expiry date and it's been kept you know, in the right kind of either dry or refrigerated or whatever suitable environment it should have been, probably it's going to be okay. Just give it a go. 
That's yeah. my advice. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> that is not a good advice to purchasing close expire date food per se, but it's good advice to live a healthy life. I guess it's the same thing for all kinds of food. But in the meantime, actually, technology such as QR codes and product tracing system could contribute to ensure the safety and transparency of close to expire date food. And also, for me personally, I feel like purchasing them from the Let's say legitimate platform is、mm. also very important. For、mm. example, if you're getting close to expire food from convenience stores or supermarket, it's definitely fine. But if you are purchasing them online from certain live stream bloggers, you want to make sure that they have been there for quite a long time. They are legitimate. They are relatively large, so that you can trust them. So these are some tips, in my opinion.、Mm. My tip for you. Don't buy too much. <laughs> <laughs> That is also a good tip because they're close to expire, and if I hoard,、yeah. they'll stay. Ended up in my family, in my house, and expire. <laughs> good advice. Thank you, Xinyu. And one last thing is that actually the China Chain Operation Association has. Issued a report on the current status of near expiration food management in the market, and it estimated that market size of near expiration foods in China will be approximately forty-seven point one billion yuan by twenty twenty-six.、Mm. So this is actually a huge market. Not only are we talking about the size of the market, the value, the money, but also if all these food actually just simply go waste, it's a huge waste of money, waste of resources. So. If let's say Josh is about to open a supermarket, online or offline, to sell close to expiration date food, what are some things that you should take care of? What are some things that you should pay attention to to make sure that your business do not go bankrupt? Well, of course, the first thing is, aside from doing market research and thinking about the kind of produce that you want to sell, is to meet safety regulations and make sure that they are in place. Because if you fail to do any of these things, I mean, let's face it, high risk, high reward, right? But the risk is very high. If you were to sell something dangerous or something like that, your business would immediately be rendered a dangerous business, and I'm sure it wouldn't last very long. There are things like labeling requirements.、Mm-hmm. I think this is the same in in every country. Well, most of them anyway. Near expired foods need to have clear labels that indicate clearly their sell-by or best-before date、um, that allow the customers to make informed decisions. And that's quite a grey area, right? What is an informed decision? We all know about the story about the very famous fast food chains coffee cup that now has "Please beware, hot coffee inside" <laughs> right on、yes. top of it, right? Things like this, right? A strict quality control as well. I think. Um, vendors, food manufacturers, retailers—they have to adhere to strict safety standards,、um, quality checks. Again, you know, making sure that the produce hasn't gone off. Again, the environment that it's kept in is really important. It may have a sell-by or a best-before date on it, but a certain type of environment might speed up that process and make the food go off. Right?、Um, and yeah, I think regular health and safety inspections. I think that's a good way to start for any kind of business. Yes,、mm. and I would also recommend business owner Josh to try combine <laughs> the offline business to online business, so that if maybe for a certain kind of product that is not that popular in the area where your shop is located, you can actually still find some、um, buyers from online, so that、mm. your inventory don't go waste. Thank you. 
<laughs> well, you're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, as Beijing gears up for the peak season of respiratory infections, we too are grappling with these persistent coughs. The Roundtable team knows the struggle, and we're here to share our experiences and expert advices on what you should or not to do to prevent the winter woes. Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Niu Honglin, Josh Cotterell, and Xing Yu. Winter is in full swing, and so are the myths about respiratory health. What are some do's and don'ts when it comes to protecting ourselves from the annoying cold or even a flu? Let's cut through the fog of misinformation and get you the real deal on staying healthy and breathing easy this season. I was wondering, Josh, because here in Beijing we are looking at a wave of cold and flu、mm. and. All kinds of respiratory problems, but it's basically the same thing every year when it comes to this period of time in winter. So, is that the same thing in the UK or in Europe? Yes, in the UK and Europe, the winter is generally considered flu season. In the UK, the colder months are usually from October to March, which is kind of similar in Beijing, I、mm. guess,、um, and it sees a higher incidence of. Influenza virus transmission. The NHS, the National Health Service in the United Kingdom, has more patients at this time. Yeah. So let's start with Xingyu because when it comes to health issues, people have certain kind of beliefs or certain traditions they have hold in their family for a long time. But with the development of science, we started to realize some of those are not really true. So what are some common myths when it comes to respiratory diseases such as cold, flu, or even pneumonia?、Mm. One of the myths is、um, can humidifiers cause respiratory diseases? Mm. Mm. What do you think? Maybe, maybe because there are actually news stories about people using humidifiers in a different ways,、yeah. and maybe adding in essence、uh, oil. oil. Yeah, making it unhealthy for the family.、Mm-hmm. So humidifiers they are often used to you know maintain the good indoor. Humidity levels, but actually scientists say that improper use of humidifiers can lead to respiratory diseases. Also, in Chinese, we have a term called humidifier pneumonia.、Mm. <laughs> so it's not that a humidifier it can directly cause pneumonia, but if you Do not properly maintain the humidifier. It can disperse these harmful microorganisms and minerals into the air, and then if you breathe in these contaminants, can potentially increase the risk of respiratory infections,、um, such as pneumonia. So, especially in winter, we are experiencing the weather conditions. They can be dry, both indoor and outdoors. Especially for indoor settings,、uh, we're advised to regularly clean the humidifier and also use distilled or demineralized water.、Mm. 
Okay, that's one of the myths. Another one is that I have also noticed many of our colleagues that are coughing recently. So a traditional Chinese home remedy for cough relief can be, you know, boiled pear or pear water, or some people uh, boil pear with rock sugar in Chinese, bingtang xue li. So pear sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, sweet and a bit <laughs> sour, but yeah, the, this remedy has long been considered. Natural way to relieve your cough symptoms, but actually, according to my research, actually drinking pear water isn't suitable for everyone. I guess, especially in terms of traditional Chinese medicine, they divide these different properties into hot and cold.、Uh. You know, and especially for pear, it's considered a cold property. I think it's more about、uh, because when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine,、mm-hmm. they would treat you as a whole system,、mm-hmm. and sometimes you cough because the in energy, which is the cold energy in your body, is、uh, accumulated、yeah. in that time in that kind of situations. Maybe boil pear water would not help you,、mm. but if you're coughing because the hot energy, the yang energy, is in your body too much of the hot energy,、mm. then maybe、uh, pear water would help. And the thing is, I think it's relatively, in general, it's good for the respiratory system.、Mm. It's nice if when you're healthy, you can. Consume as much pear water as possible, <laughs> but if you're coughing, maybe especially after a relatively long period of time, you should treat coughs instead of only using the pear water to nourish you.、Mm, yeah. Have you ever、okay. tried any pear water, Josh? Um, no, I haven't, but I do know what it is. Yes, but I have not tried it in this. I, I've had pear juice, and I've had a variety of pears. In a variety of ways, but I've not had this kind of pear water. <laughs> yeah, so I think these two examples are quite typical when it comes to myths. Some of them are the kind of rumors we spread among ourselves. Sometimes we talk to each other about, "Ooh, a humidifier might be bad for our health," and the other one represents the kind of traditions we held when it comes to how to live a certain healthier, better life in winter time. So, what are some? You know misconceptions in the Western context. Well, in the West, people often talk about the difference between a cold and the flu and influenza, and people often get quite confused about this. It is a belief that influenza and the flu is just a severe cold, but actually, anybody who's had a flu can probably tell you that it is actually distinct from it. And influenza is a distinct viral infection that can cause. Much more severe symptoms and complications compared to a common cold, and the effects of of getting influenza can be really varied. It can, you know, be everything from、uh, having severe aches and pains to having some cold-like symptoms. Of course, even in really severe situations, it, it can be deadly for some people. So it that is a, a bit of a misconception. Some other myths and misconceptions are things about. Going out, being cold and wet, and having the right clothing and things like this, and of course, this can be bad for you, and it can result in a lot of things. But if we're talking specifically about flu, these respiratory viruses are 
uh, responsible for colds, not exposure to the cold weather itself. So I think there's a few misconceptions about that. Yeah, there are some other misunderstandings, including that some people believe you should drink water immediately after taking cough syrup. That's not true. Actually, you should let the medicine stay in your throat for at least 15 minutes before、mm-hmm. you do that. And also, some people believe that for young, healthy, strong people, if you have certain respiratory infections, you can just wait for it to. Cure itself after three to five days. That might be true, but sometimes if after three to five days they still do not show any signs of going better, you should definitely consult a doctor. And I think the bottom line here is that if you are really experiencing any kind of illness for a relatively long period of time, go see a doctor. Make sure what is your problem and take care of yourself. And do not home medicate too much. Do not wait. Too much. Do not just think you're strong enough. We are all human. We are vulnerable in our different <laughs> ways, and taking care of ourselves is definitely、mm. something. That is always worth our attention,、yes. and that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thanks, Xingyu and Josh. It's been a pleasure having you at our table. Until next time, be safe and keep the conversations going, the ideas flowing. I'm Yohan Lin. See you next time. 